Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Everybody, it's Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, and you're listening to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. It's out in the night out. You're tuned in to Wrestle Talk. 657-383-1521. We'll be discussing WWE, NXT, Lucha Underground, ROH, Fantasy Wrestling, and we'll have some of the best damn interviews for professional and independent wrestling that you've ever heard. And I'm Joe Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, buckle your seatbelts, keep your arms in the vehicle at all times. Wrestle Talk begins in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... What's up, Wrestle Talk Podcast family? How the heck is it going? Nightmare Jones here once again, ladies and gentlemen. It is Tuesday night. That means one thing and one thing only. It is time for the Wrestle Talk Podcast with Joe and Renee. Ladies and gentlemen, we got a great, great show for you tonight. We got the High Spot segment. We got the Shoot and Shout segment. We got the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. We got the fantasy wrestling segment. We got Luke Roberts coming on. We got Nico Silva coming on. We got Derek Fury coming on. I've got my uh, alcohol ready. I got some uh, Smirnoff Ice Red, White, and Berry. It's kind of like a bomb pop, you know, when you were a little kid and uh, you would uh, uh, wait for the uh, ice cream truck to come running around. And, you know, some people call them bomb pops, some people call them rocket pops. Things are absolutely, positively amazing. It's going to be a great, 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 great show. Let's go ahead and bring in the man, the myth, and the legend, the Night Owl. Of the WrestleTalk family, welcome. Welcome to episode 298 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Quick roll call, huge shout out to our man Brandon Buck. Call in early and we'll get you in today, bro. Marcus Smith back in the building, back to the FWWC, man. I want to talk to you here in about an hour. Shout out to Big T the Paisan. Uh, shout out to my man Johnny Rocco. I know you hit me up, bro. It's been a crazy day. I'm going to try to catch up with you after the show, if not tomorrow at the very latest. Much love to Matt Ward and also our boy Todd and Drew, who happens to be checking in from Topeka, Kansas, while he's watching AEW Dark. Thank you guys so much for being here. Josie, I'm ready to have a great show, man. We've got a lot of topics to cover. It seems like things are yeah. starting to get back to normal. So I want to know, for the fans out there, the listeners, the WrestleTalk fam, what are you most looking forward to upon the reopening of our great nation? And what independent promotion are you going to go out and support and put your damn money where your mouth is? A lot of people are like, I want wrestling back. I want wrestling back. Well, you know what? 
Absolutely, absolutely. When wrestling starts back up, if you are a professional wrestling fan, if you want to support professional wrestlers, then by all means, by all means, go to an independent wrestling show. And you know what? It was was uh, funny. Uh, I, I I go on uh, TikTok quite a bit, and there there was this lady that 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 was doing a uh, TikTok live, and she was talking. <laughs> She was talking about how all of the proceeds from her getting these gifts were, were going to go to Zack Ryder and Rusev. And I was thinking to myself, Zack Ryder and Rusev, why do they need, like, any type of, like, charity money? Like, give it to, like, some independent wrestlers. Why would you give it to somebody that's, like, making money in the WWE? I understand that they got released, but at the same time, it's like... They're doing good. They're, I'm sure that they probably don't need any help. You know what I mean? Now, I know exactly what you mean. And that said, we do want to offer our thoughts, our good vibes, but particularly our prayers to anybody, whether you're a former WWE superstar like those guys or you're a local guy, uh, whether it be on the Eastern Panhandle, Midwest, South, Southwest Coast. We love you just the same. And let me give just one more special uh, shout-out. Uh, Chris Whaley, who is the subject of the phenomenal Netflix, uh, 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 just rave reviews on Netflix, uh, The Mass Saint. It may or may not be on there. Don't even worry about that. Go grab the book, guys. Chris Whaley has been a very, very good friend of the show for a long time. We love him. We love uh, our buddy Perry Hartman, who helps us with the website over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Also, Marcelino Gonzalez, mucho gusto. Thank you for being here. And Nathan is also in the house, man. So you guys already know it's all about spreading our love here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Once again, we're trying to hit 30 lives on the live stream. So if you can hit us with the like and the hearts, we appreciate that throughout the night. And if you can share this thing, that will help us get even closer to that goal. Before we cross over and do the Carl Lewis and everything, uh, I've already got a lot of people asking here on the live thread about, uh, about Shad Garspod. And, no, we're not going to be playing the Ten Bell Salute today because there is still hope. There is still hope. It is not over. There are people who are still looking for Shaq, including Chris Mm -hmm. Masters. We'll get into that during the high spot segment. But if he is not found around this by this time next week, we will absolutely do the right thing and hit the Ten Bell Salute. What I'm going to ask you guys to do is to keep him and his family in your prayers, because it ain't over till it's over. So we're not going to hit the 10 bell salute just yet, but I promise you, if we do get that unfortunate news that it's it's beyond the point of no return, then, yeah, you can count on your boys on the WTP. Shout out to my man Mayo, too, bro. If you guys haven't checked out the graveyard shift, make sure you all check that out. Sunday show was crazy. But shout out to him and everybody else that was a part of that. But, yeah, that's my answer to that question, Josie, before we get too far, man. Do you think that's fair that we wait and make sure before we hit that maybe a little preemptively? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, 100%. You know, his family still has has hope that he's going to be found. So, hopefully, you know, he, he he's, he's able to be found. And I would feel really, really bad if we played the ten bell salute and then he was found. You know what I mean? So absolutely, one hundred percent. No doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. Well, guys, with that said, we're gonna go ahead and get into tonight's show. 
but before we do, let me give a couple of shout-outs uh, to our amazing supporters and sponsors. Uh, huge shout-out to Esports Bar KC. That's where we do our watch parties. Be Will over in Shawnee, Kansas. Always takes care of us. Royal Mills Transportation for all your local, personalized, safe, and sanitary transportation needs in the greater Kansas City. Hit up my man, Dewan Mills, over at Royal Mills Transportation, LLC. Uh, of course, UFC Hall of Famer and our homeboy, Jay Hollywood, over that Conspiracy Farm. They are very, very good to us. Those guys love us. We love them. We're going to continue to support each other for a long time. Adam Frex and the guys over at Talking Dynasty. It's basically the Wrestle Talk podcast, but it's about football instead of wrestling. So if you love the shenanigans and the in-depth uh, conversation that we have here, but you want it in a football platform, make sure you hit up Talking Dynasty on SoundCloud and on Facebook. Last but not least, of course, man, uh, well, actually two more, I'm sorry, uh, King Kate slash RetroZone at the Oak Park Mall. They just opened up, and I got a 1996 WWF Just Toys, still in the package, China doll action figure for $10, bro, at freaking King Kate. Make sure you give them a follow on Facebook and tell them that the Wrestle Talk podcast sent you. And then now, last but not least, if you guys are digging the mugs that are guaranteed to make your beer taste 17.5% better, go on over to WrestleTalkPodcast.com and start the process of customizing your very own Wrestle Talk Podcast mug. That's right. We can engrave your name on the bottom, and I promise you, for 20 bucks, it's a lot better of a deal than some T-shirt that's going to be crap in a matter of months. Grab yourself a mug if you don't have one already. Again, over at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. All that said, guys, we got to keep the ball rolling because it's a huge show. we got three guests. So at this moment, we're going to ask everybody to respectfully remove their caps, put your hands over your heart, as we pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. That's America, damn it. Oh, 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 say can you see and the rocket Uh-oh. I'll make up for it now. For the land of the free. Brings a tear to my eye every single time. And so, Timmy, hit that music for the high spots. Let's go. the high spots, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to go ahead and kick it off with a hot topic, something that everybody is talking about, and that is the dark side of the ring, Owen Hart airs tonight, and I remember when Owen Hart died like it was yesterday, and you know, it, and it's shocking that it happened literally a little bit over 20 years ago, and you know, it's maybe a unpopular uh, voice, but I feel that Martha Hart is still better at the WWE for what happened with Owen Hart. Owen, the, the WWE has tried to 
to show the legacy of Owen Hart, and the only thing that's stopping them is Martha Hart. Like, she went on the Talk of Jericho and said that, you know, she got, like, $18 million for a wrongful death suit, and then they, uh, she, uh, sued him again because they, they used his likeness, and that she would be more willing to allow AEW or New Japan Pro Wrestling to honor Owen Hart than the WWE. And, you know, I, I just feel at what point is she going to say, you know, maybe it's time that I end this feud with the WWE and allow them to honor Owen like he would want to be honored and honor him like the WWE has wanted to honor him and be have him be honored like his fans have wanted him to be honored. I mean, this is a lady that literally alienated herself from her own family members because they were employed by the WWE. Bret Hart wasn't allowed to see his nieces or nephews because he works for the WWE. Uh, so I don't know what your thoughts on this, Renee, is, but those are my thoughts. Whew, that's a lot. I mean, you, know, you know what, Jonesy? Uh, I know there's going to be people who are a lot more versed in this topic than I am that – probably should call in and comment on this topic. I want to um, encourage you guys to dial that number, 657-383-1521. We want to hear from some callers about this subject because it is a very, very big deal when you're talking Mm -hmm. about a superstar with that lineage. Just having that name gives you a certain level of prestige. And, Josie, I'm going to say this. I am no one to tell a widow how to grieve. I've not lost my son, daughter. I've not lost my wife. Both of my parents are still alive. So I don't know what that's like, nor am I going to try to put myself in her shoes. What I would tell you, just strictly from a business perspective, where I would be apprehensive, Not, and I get it. We want to see him honored. We want to see him in the Hall of Fame. We want to see the the docu, the WWE-style documentaries, like what they're doing with Undertaker and all this sort of stuff, right? We want to see all this this un-never-before-seen footage. footage. Mm -hmm. But the problem is we don't know what they're asking because they could be saying, hey, listen, if we want to do this, you're going to have to kind of give us all the rights so that we're not hampered by anything or anyone when we try to give Owen Hart his just due. We all know that one of the reasons that people get real upset with WWE, especially from a talent's perspective, is how hung up they they are on keeping people's names and not giving people the right yeah. names and nicknames and different things like that. So, again, I don't know the ins and outs of it from a legal side, but what I can tell you is I would never try to make myself feel, even as a commentator on the sport, like I could speak on what it's like to be a grieving widow, especially under those circumstances. And personally speaking, I thought Owen was kind of getting the shaft while he was alive with the company. Because I've had people that are more knowledgeable in wrestling than me tell me, hey, if you really take a close look at it, Owen was better than Bret. They just put the jet back on the back of Bret Hart, and that's why he is who he is today. Many people contend that when it comes to his ability inside the ring, Owen was just as good or better than Bret. We're going to find out a lot more tonight. It's going to be a tough watch, guys. It really, really is. But we are going to watch it, Jonesy and I, and since I've not seen any of the Dark Side of the Ring yet, starting today, or I should say this week, 
watching all the previous episodes and bringing my thoughts to you guys because I wanted to wait and actually be able to watch them consecutively so that I could give you guys some good feedback. Josie, that's all I can say about it right now. Usually I give you some sort of passionate response, but since I yeah. don't know more about it, I don't know more about it, I'm going to defer to some others that maybe are a little bit more knowledgeable. You know what? We might even ask that to our guest who is ready to come on. And I'm very excited about this guest, Jonesy, because he's not only somebody who's well-respected in the professional wrestling world, he's also a, a steady and regular contributor to the Wrestle Talk podcast in many, many different ways. But he's also a man who helps get things done over at Dynamo Pro Wrestling. I know that's kind of a half-assed introduction. I'm going to let you finish up the introduction so we can go ahead and bring this man on, Josie, because I know we're very excited to be able to talk to him on this platform. Oh, absolutely. You know, this, this gentleman is no stranger to the Best of Talk podcast. He's, he has helped us out many, many, many times. He's been in the wrestling business for over 33 years. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our honor and privilege to bring on the man, the myth, the legend, Luke Skywalker-Roberts. Well, Joe, Renee, it's always an honor and a privilege to be here on the Russell Talk podcast. And i got to tell you right now, gentlemen, hearing that intro, a little bit different than what a lot of people have grown accustomed to with Luke Roberts. Usually you hear me coming in with the Dynamo Pro entrance, and like I said, that takes me back a long ways. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of great memories with that introduction back from my, my wrestling days. And i got to tell you, gentlemen, you right on point starting with things tonight here. I got to tell you, you hit a, a, a hit a, a point that has been contention for the better part of two-plus decades now, and that is the Owen Hart tragedy. And I'm going to tell you right now, I have a lot of things going on right now, but I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know tonight if I'm going to be able to make it all the way through this episode. I, I agree with what you were saying, Joe. Listening to Talk is Jericho and hearing uh, Dr. Martha Hart uh, talking about everything that was going on uh, regarding the life and the legacy of Owen Hart. I remember looking at it, and, and Renee, you mentioned something about it earlier. You mentioned the idea about one of the things you're going to look forward to when uh, this this COVID-19 pandemic starts to kind of phase itself out, and that is professional wrestling. It's not because I'm a media relations uh, director for Dynamo Pro. It's because I'm a professional wrestling fan, and I can remember very vividly over the edge, nineteen ninety nine, and uh, and watching, and 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 just hearing the uh, the collective gasp, not necessarily in the crowd, but hearing the gasp from the wrestling community because Owen Hart mm-hmm. did a lot for professional wrestling, and a lot of people said that at times Owen Hart was probably the superior Hart in WWE. Brett was, I mean, Brett was a cannot take anything away from him. he's a Hall of Fame wrestler. Uh, best there is, best there was, best there ever will be inside the squared circle. And a lot of people would agree with you on that. But one thing that I think that, that Owen had was that idea of being able to have 
to me, he struck me having a little more of that 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 free flowing personality. The one you hear all the the stories about the jokes and the pranks that Owen Hart would play. But I mean, there's one thing that was consistent: is the man across the world, whether it was Japan, Germany, Mexico, you name it. Owen Hart was considered a true professional inside the professional wrestling ring. And I got to tell you, if you're gonna, if you haven't watched Dark Side of the Ring, as soon as you get done tonight with the Russell Talk podcast, you need to make it a point. Check him out on on Vice. It's going to be a phenomenal. Uh, a story here tonight, and again, looking back at the life of Owen Hart and the tragedy that took place at Over the Edge, and I'm going to tell you right now, gentlemen, tonight's going to be one of those, and again, today's a real special day for me, but I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know, as long as I've been in wrestling, if I'm going to be able to really kind of keep it under control tonight watching on Vice TV. Joe? Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's definitely going to be a, uh, a a a tough one to watch because you know I, I grew up around the uh, time of uh, Owen Hart, so I, I remember watching him him wrestle multiple times. So it's definitely going to be a uh, a, a, a a tough one to uh, watch tonight, man. So, Mister Roberts, what have you been up to during this whole coronavirus issue? I know that well, that. that, that we we were a little bit upset because we were all going to be going to uh, to the uh, Cauliflower Alley Club reunion, which got postponed. Now, are you still planning on going to the uh, uh, to the new date, so? Well, well, Joe, I'm going to tell you right now. A lot of people were looking forward to this year's Cauliflower Alley Club, and like you said, it has been postponed to September. Uh, Making a point, CaulifloweralleyClub.org. Uh, a lot of great information. I do know that all of the award recipients that were talked about right here on the Russell Talk podcast, including by one B. Brian Blair, president of the Cauliflower Alley Club, who was on the program. Uh, and again, a shout out to the Cauliflower Alley Club. Right now, to quote a line from a man who wore face paint and was very well known during the Monday Night Wars, the only thing that's for certain, Joe Renee, is that nothing's for sure. I will tell you right now, if we can manage to get everything taken care of, we can manage to turn the corner on the coronavirus, on this COVID-19, it would be everything possible for me to attend it because, again, the people who are going to be in attendance, the award recipients, I mean, I just look at it when you have people like Ray Mysterio and Medusa, I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg. you got Brian Pillman, Jimmy Madison, Miles, uh, I believe that's just, I mean, said there are, I believe, something 13 or 14 award winners that are going to be recognized. I'm going to tell you right now, John V. Night Owl, it's definitely something that I'm going to be trying everything I can if everything will allow to take care of things. But right now, the big thing is, and I'm going to be perfectly honest, even though the pandemic has basically hindered everything when it comes to the world right now, one of the big things I've been doing is I have to say, I've been sitting in my office in Dynamo Pro. My days haven't stopped. I've been in the office. I've been making sure to keep up with interviews. I've been taking care of things, working with Chris Rodell, the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Got a lot of great new content, dynamoprowrestling.com. Also, I have to say, after listening in, uh, I I was very surprised last week that that Drake Lee was as knowledgeable 
the man talks a, a real good game, but I can tell you he's really been backing it up as a late with his with his ability yeah. and his knowledge. I mean, he has been picking up things left and right. I mean, pretty much he's like a sponge in the world of professional wrestling. And, guys, I'm going to tell you this right now. You talked about the idea earlier on about independent professional wrestling, and you could not then have been any more right in professional wrestling. There are countless men and women who, who use professional wrestling as their primary source of income, what they do to put a roof over their heads, what they do to put food in their stomach and clothes on their backs. And I'm going to tell you right now, uh, Jonesy, you made a great point in saying to make sure that if you're going to go out there and you're going to support people, you're going to support your local businesses, support your local professional wrestlers because they're going out there and putting their bodies on the line each and every time they get inside the squared circle. And, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, I know the, the listeners of the Russell Talk podcast, the Russell Talk family will agree with me here. There are a lot of things going on right now that we can't wait to see independent professional wrestling come back and I think it's going to come back with a vengeance later this year. I, I definitely agree. I, I could not agree more. You know, speaking of, 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 of Drake Lee, if I'm not mistaken, he swept the night out. And the night out seemed to be a little bit of mad at myself and uh, and and you for, for allowing Drake Lee to come on and, uh, and just sweep him. If I'm not mistaken, correct, Night Owl? Yes, once again, you two colluded, okay, and put me in a position to lose. But no worries, because today the pressure is 100% off of me. Nightmare Jones, you, sir, will be the one that will be competing in tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. And you're going to be competing against one of the very best in the business. You guys know we got some great guests lined up tonight. I mean, we're talking to Luke. We got Nico coming up really? next. But then, of course, the we also got Derek Fury coming up in the second hour, man, reference St. Paul, uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. I was just in Minnesota last week. Derek Fury is going to put you in your place, Nightmare Jones. So you better so, be ready. You said I was going against the best in the business. You didn't tell me we were going to have the snitch one tonight. I you didn't tell me. the best in the business. And how dare you even bring him up? What is wrong with you? Well, clearly, the WrestleTalk family is not pleased with you bringing up the snitch once again. But please carry on. I'm going to respectfully wait my turn. All right. So, you have been in the professional wrestling business for over 33 years. Did you ever think that when you started your professional wrestling business, your professional wrestling journey, that you would be where you are today? Wow, Jonesy. That's one of those. I, I, I've i never really sat back and, and looked at my career in that kind of an avenue. Um, to give you an idea, when I first started back many, many years ago, and, and I know I've talked with you and I've talked with the Night Owl off the air about this, when I first got in the wrestling business, most people always say they got into wrestling at 17, 18, 19. You hear the stories of the DDPs of the world who don't get into professional wrestling until their mid-30s. I was fortunate enough to get involved with professional wrestling at the age of 10. 
I was sitting there. I was running sound. I was helping with programs. I was running ring jackets. I was doing all of the things to get my foot in the door. And, and I'll tell you right now, if you look at the the man uh, of Luke Roberts who first got back into the ring, and this is going to be kind of taking the way back machine here, the first time I got in the ring was in March of 1995. And to sit there and look at things now and, and, and kind of come full circle, I got to tell you, Jonesy, this is one of those topics that if, I would, if you were to tell me that I would still be involved in professional wrestling 33 years later and seeing this next generation of wrestlers, I mean, not just here in the St. Louis area, but throughout the country. I mean, again, I, I would tell you that I, I feel very lucky to have been around as long as I have. And, guys, I'm going to tell you, when I get to talking about professional wrestling, I really look forward to to listening like tonight here to the Wrestle Talk podcast. You're going to have the Rhode Island Lion, Nico Silva, the top rope wrestling heavyweight champion, and you're going to have Daredevil Derek Fury from uh, the Elite Wrestling Initiative that are going to be on this program. Those are the kind of, of competitors that I look forward to. They are people that you're going to see consistently as the next generation, and if I can do anything to help the next generation of professional wrestlers, then I would consider myself and my career to be very successful and complete. Wow, what a great answer. Great answer. Uh, Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have, sir? Oh, what a humble guy. I love I love Luke Roberts, man. Um, you know, I, I, could go for, I could go for a long time about, you know, what Luke Roberts has meant to the show. Uh, you know, the outreach he's allowed us to, to be able to have not only to local talent, but also to national and international talent. Um, but, you know, we'll save that for another time because what I want to talk to you about is this tour of the 50 states that you helped us put together during the pandemic, during the quarantine. And thank you guys for liking the thumbs up and the hearts during the live broadcast. It really encourages us to see that. Uh, so please keep it up. And if you guys don't mind sharing the broadcast as well, we really, really would appreciate that to, to all the members of the WrestleTalk fan that are tuning in live. And if you're on the replay, we love you just the same. Leave us a rating, share a link to the show, uh, and continue to support your boys over here at the WPP. But, um, Skywalker, I'm going to kind of dig into the well of your knowledge base because, again, as we do this tour of the 50 states, there are some people that immediately come to mind when you think of wrestling in the state of Missouri. And we'll include parts of southern Illinois as well in this conversation. Guys like Brian Kelly. Guys like Derek Stone. Harley Race. Um, the list really goes on and on. You know, I, I think of some of the, the wonderful guests that uh, Ben has joined us on the show here before. Uh, you know, Drew has been on the show before. And it's really hard for me uh, to try to encapsulate everything that I've seen just in the last couple of years in the state of Missouri. Now we're talking to a guy who's seen it over the last 25 or 30 years. You remember the Gateway Championship days. And I want you to talk a little bit about that evolution. Shout out to Philip Stanford, uh, the president of professional wrestling, for being here, bro. I saw your revolver. I'm a huge fan. Can't wait to have you back on the show. But um, I just want you to speak on that because 
I think we get caught up in cities. You know, oh, St. Louis is the rest of the city. You know, New York's the rest of the city. Philly's the rest of the city. But we hardly ever talk about the state as a whole. And if anybody can give us a perspective on that, I think there's no one better than Skywalker Luke Roberts. So talk to us about some of the, the things that you have experienced as a member of the professional wrestling community in the state of Missouri. And talk to us a little bit about the progression, if you don't mind. Well, Renee, first of all, thank you for that that uh, lead in there. I mean, again, it really makes me feel good to be respected as much as you guys respect me, and I very much appreciate it. When you talk about professional wrestling in St. Louis, and Renee, you hit right on point. The idea of where professional wrestling in St. Louis, many people associate it with the idea of the wrestling at the chase era, looking at the 60s and 70s, and even into the early 80s here in the St. Louis area, the Sam, the Sam Muchnick era of professional wrestling. But a, but a weird thing happens in the 80s, and that is the idea of the wrestling at the Chase era and the Greater St. Louis Wrestling Club did absorb in Vincent Mann's corporate conquest to make a, a national and then in turn an international professional wrestling promotion. And there were a lot of – there wasn't really a lot of promotions at the time. I mean, you, you have – your MMWA, you have uh, your, your your Central Stage Wrestling Alliance, which later becomes Rampage Championship Wrestling. There were promotions that were there, but as time goes on, everything adapts. Everything changes. It doesn't matter whether it was back in the 60s or 70s or you talk about today in 2020. But there would not have been for promotions like Gateway Championship Wrestling, and there are a lot of men that went out there, wrestlers like the Human Wrecking Ball, Pete Madden, like Nicky Strick Nine, like Outcast, like the late Big Bad Ben. When you look at professional wrestling, I mean, again, I just I just touched the tip of the iceberg there with that. <clears throat> when you look at professional wrestling here in the St. Louis area, the independents are what has made St. Louis wrestling still such a staple of the professional wrestling scene. And you talk about Missouri, you would be remiss if you didn't talk about your home area, Renee, of Kansas City, going back into the days of the Central State, uh, the Central State promotion, looking at people like Bob Geigel and others in that particular Bob Geigel, Harley Race had some involvement there as well. When you look at professional wrestling in Missouri, Missouri is without question one of those standards of professional wrestling. There's been many men, many Hall of Famers, many uh, World Championship competitors who have said if you've been to the Keele Auditorium, you've wrestled for St. Louis in the NWA, you wrestled in the Central States area, you've made it somewhere in the world of professional wrestling. And I'll tell you right now, it's one of those things that makes me really, really thankful for all the things that professional wrestling has done for me is seeing promotions like Dynamo Pro stepping up and being able to really capitalize on what fans want to see inside the squared circle. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to show my age here a little bit. I had an opportunity just a few short days ago to have a couple of different conversations with some men that I consider to be uh, fellow, fellow uh, wrestlers. I would say members of my generation, if you will. You mean fellow wrestling old guys. It's okay, bro. <laughs> 
fellow wrestling well, well, old thanks, guys. Well, thanks, Renee. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I look at it. I mean, one of them, matter of fact, I've, I've talked to recently is a man who's been on the program here, Bush Fletcher, a man who's known a lot about the professional wrestling here in the St. Louis area. And there are several others who I really hope would get an opportunity one day down the road to be able to talk about professional wrestling here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. But there's a lot of people right now, Renee, Joe, that when you talk about St. Louis wrestling, you talk about places like New York. You talk about places like Texas. You talk about places like Florida and the Carolinas and Oregon and California. But when you look at professional wrestling, even today in 2020, you have to put St. Louis right up there. I got to you right now, you're going to put Missouri as a whole right up near the top because there are so many great wrestlers who have made – who've cut their teeth in St. Louis and have made their journey to places like Ring of Honor, places like uh, Impact Wrestling, places like MLW, places like the WWE, places like AEW, places like New Japan Pro Wrestling. There are a lot of wrestlers, both men and women, who have started here in St. Louis and made a huge name for themselves in professional wrestling, and that shows the heart, the dedication, the drive, and the history of wrestling in Missouri. And I'm going to tell you right now, if there's anybody that's even thought about wanting to become a professional wrestler or getting involved in professional wrestling, a lot of people want to say, "Oh, you have to go to the you have to go to the East Coast, or you've got to go to the West Coast." No. I'm going to tell you right now, there are a lot of great places here in the Midwest that you can get into professional wrestling. And you, if you have a dream of living the life of a professional wrestler, the St. Louis area is definitely one of those places that would give you a great start in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, no, no question about it. And I think everybody honors and respects that. Uh, what I wanted to, to jump over to was over the last 10 years or so, we've seen, and, and uh, if one of you guys is on speakerphone, I'd be on the lookout for that because we're getting a lot of reverb. Uh, check your earpiece and make sure you're good. Uh, but anyway, so what I wanted to say is how encouraging, how encouraging is it to you, uh, Luke Roberts, to see wrestling not only in, like, Kansas City and St. Louis uh, when we're talking about Missouri, but then we're also seeing wrestling in Eldon, uh, new breed wrestling, right? We're seeing wrestling in Troy, Missouri, okay, with WLW. Is it cool for you? Oh, even Cape Girardeau, shout out to the CCW guys down south there. We're also in the great state of Missouri. So I guess what I'm asking is, now that you've been in the business for so long, since the age of 10, do you feel like a sense of accomplishment? Like, hey, you know what? I was one of the guys that helped carry the baton. And how great is it to see that wrestling, independent wrestling specifically, and I know I know Herb Simmons doesn't like that term because it's all professional wrestling, and I 100% agree with him, but how encouraging is it to you to see wrestling spreading out, but be, because the influence of guys like you helped give me the confidence to try my hand at running a promotion a couple of times, okay? And I've been very blessed because every show that I've run has been a success. And even when we did it over here on the Kansas side, it had a lot of Missouri influences in it. Even NWL had a great run, and, and it needed some of that Missouri passion, some of that Missouri fire to really get the, you know, kind of get the whole thing up and running. And for a while there, it did absolutely fantastic because you had guys from the St. Louis area and the Kansas City area. So I guess what I'm trying to ask you in a whole bunch of words is, are you encouraged by what you see 
and how healthy is the future of wrestling in Missouri moving forward? Well, like I said, when it comes to professional wrestling in the St. Louis area, when it comes to professional wrestling in in the state of Missouri, I got to tell you right now, to be one of those that's been around as wrestling as long as I have, it it, it definitely makes me feel good to see so many promotions out here. And and I'm going to be kind of calling it out here. To me, I haven't seen this much good quality competition in the better part, I, I, I would dare say going back to the idea of the territory days because you have so many great promotions that step up each and every time. And, and I can agree with Herb Simmons, to, to a, uh, as you said earlier, I can agree with him. There are a large quantity of great professional wrestlers who step inside the ring each and every time and give it their all inside the ring. And, and guys, I'm going to tell you, right now things are, are looking pretty bleak. I mean, we haven't had wrestling now for a better part of two months here in the St. Louis area. Uh, we don't know when professional wrestling is going to come back. The only things right now we're really seeing are the WWE. We're seeing AEW. I mean, again, you've got promotions like New Japan, like Ring of Honor, who are basically having to sit on the sidelines and take care of things. But right now to see how things are going to go. And the cool thing is, is, you can go to different areas of the state and see professional wrestling. That's the, to me, that's always been the cool thing is that if you want to go in, in, in our area, I mean, you hear back in the, in the territory days of wrestlers going from Kansas City to St. Louis to Chicago to, to Madison, Wisconsin, to Little Rock, Arkansas, to Memphis, Tennessee, um, to Springfield, Illinois, to Chicago, Illinois. Uh, to Indianapolis, you hear about all these these wrestlers that are going out there and being able to travel and compete against the very best. And right now, I got to tell you, once wrestling gets back into gear in 2020, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be really awesome to see all of these professional wrestlers, both the the experienced veterans and the young up-and-comers, wanting the opportunity to be at that top level. I'm going to tell you, gentlemen, it's really inspiring and motivating for a guy who's been around professional wrestling as long as I have. It's really motivating to see professional wrestling, hopefully to be able to flourish once again, once the coronavirus is over, once everything is somewhat returning back to normal. And guys, I'm going to tell you right now, before we get too much farther along, when you talk about professional wrestling, not just in the St. Louis area, but you talk about professional wrestling across the country and across the world, not only is it the fans that put professional wrestling forward, it's great media outlets. Media outlets like the Wrestle Talk podcast who are having the opportunity to have professional wrestlers, not just from the St. Louis area, not just from their home areas, but these gentlemen are able to have professional wrestlers from across the planet who are able to stop by and be a part of this show. And I'll tell you the right Rhode now, Island, the Rhode Island the- Lion is coming up next. The Rhode Island Lion in just a couple of minutes. You're right, man. We're hitting. We're hitting all 50 states super hard. Look, you're right, man. We, we do try to, to cover a lot of ground and not – because, you know, Joe's in West Virginia. I'm in Kansas City, but that doesn't limit the Wrestle Talk podcast, man. That's why we're able always to secure great guests, man. And, and, and like you said, it, it's one of those where when you sit there and look at it, again, and i got to give you guys a large amount of props for things, too, because, I mean, again, professional wrestling is not just in one particular area. The fans of professional wrestling are throughout the world. And the opportunity to hear from professional wrestlers like tonight, we have Nico Silva, the Rhode Island Lion, coming on in just a couple of minutes. We're going to have 
Daredevil Derek Tui coming on the program later tonight. And I'm going to tell you, those that are listening to the Wrestle Talk podcast, and, and Renee talked about it very early on tonight, you're about ready to see a little bit of history coming up just in, in just a couple weeks, episode 300. That means 300 episodes of the Wrestle Talk podcast talking to some of the greatest male and female wrestlers across this world. And, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, the biggest thing, and, and, and you mentioned it at the top of the show, what are you looking forward the most to whenever things get going? It's professional wrestling. It's not because it's going to give me an opportunity to do my job in more, in, in more detail and, and more completely. It's because when I first got into professional wrestling all those years ago, I was a fan. And to this day, I am proud to say I am still a fan of professional wrestling. And I'll tell you right now, as we're going to see here, I think that professional wrestling right now, things are, 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 are struggling. I mean, every, everything right now is struggling in the world with everything related to the, to the COVID-19. But I'm going to tell you right now, because of fans, because of, of media outlets like the WrestleTalk podcast, and outlets like our, our good friends over at the Attitude of Aggression podcast, our good friends over at um, Pro Wrestling Opinion as a part of Intermission, there are a lot of great professional wrestling programs that are showcasing professional wrestlers on all levels. And that's the big thing. The one thing I think that's going to continue to make professional wrestling thrive, especially once we get out of the COVID-19 situation, is going to be all the great fans. And not only do they start at the shows, but they also listen to programs like the WrestleTalk podcast. And, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, tonight it's been great talking with you. It's been an awesome time, and I'm going to tell you right now. Tonight's guest, I had an opportunity to talk um, – I, I've traveled the country. I've been to a lot of different promotions. I'm going to tell you, both of these men have been looking forward to being on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And I'm going to tell you guys, tonight is going to be a great show. Make sure you're checking out that Facebook Live feed. Making sure you're checking things out, putting those hearts, putting those thumbs up, letting people know what's here. Because tonight, just like you always are, you're going to get a great pro wrestling experience right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Wow, man. Well, Luke, Luke Roberts always knows how to put a button on a great performance. But we're not going to let you get away just yet because i got one last question. Because I want to I wanna continue to hear that fire and passion come out of you, man. I know how excited you are and how uh, absolutely uh, ecstatic you always are when you have an opportunity to do anything revolving around the world of pro wrestling. But before I do that and ask my final question, I want to give big, a big shout-out uh, to Keith Smith Sr., who um, is here watching the show. Uh, this man is a legend. Uh, his son is an absolutely amazing talent. I cannot wait till SICW is back. Uh, man, I had a chance to see Junior in action, and I've had a chance to speak to uh, Keith Smith Sr., and I've always had nothing but love and respect and the fact that we got a guy like that just watching and tuning into the show. I mean, what can I say, man? It's a testament to all the hard work that we've all done uh, including yourself, Luke Roberts, as a part of our, uh, you know, media department, heading that up and, and helping us out here, great guests, and with the press releases and all that. So I guess here's my final question, and, and folks are watching from all over the country and listening from all over the world. So let me ask you this. So a couple of weeks ago, some comedian, some jackass named Tom Segura had some things to say about the sport that you and I both know and love. And I don't have to tell you what he said. I'm sure you're well aware. Well, I wanted 
to update that story by saying this. Not all comedians are jackasses. And if you need further evidence of that fact, don't watch Tom Segura. Watch Joe Rogan's latest episode featuring Patton Oswalt, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Pat Oswald comes to the defense of pro wrestling and its fans. So if you haven't done so already, make sure y'all show Pat Oswald some love because he showed up and stood up for professional wrestling. Luke Roberts, I know you've been doing this for a long time. There's definitely something in your heart that speaks the language of professional wrestling. Were you pissed off when you heard those comments? And how encouraging is it? to hear somebody in Hollywood actually stand up for pro wrestling for once. Well, first of all, I got to tell you right now, when you mentioned the names like the Keith Smith seniors and the Keith Smith juniors, I got to tell you right now, a true story. When I first got into professional wrestling, as, as Keith Smith Jr. always talks about, he talks about being third generation. I feel very fortunate in the fact that I had the opportunity near the tail end of his career to see the original, the patriarch, Ed Smith, being on commentary. And again, to see those kinds of things going on, when you look at the lineage of, of Ed Smith, Keith Smith Sr., Keith Smith Jr., that is one of those things that really drives home professional wrestling as you can see the evolution of professional wrestling here in the St. Louis area. But when you talk about people who, who want to talk trash about professional wrestling, they want to say, oh, this, that, and the whatnot, I've always been of a mindset, and put it real simple, if you have not been inside the ring, if you have not competed, if you have not gone out there and put your heart, body, and soul on the line each and every time you get in the ring, you really don't have a place to be Shut your mouth. talking much of anything. I mean, again, it's one of those where I have seen men and women both who've had everything from broken fingers to broken necks. I've seen people blow out knees. I've seen people destroy shoulders. I've seen people who've had to have neck fusions uh, done because of their love of professional wrestling, that drive, that focus on being in the ring. And I'm going to tell you right now, when it comes to professional wrestling, there are a lot of people that want to make jokes, that want to make commentaries about what's going on. To me, I've always been one of those, and I feel very fortunate that in 33 years, I've had my bumps, I've had my bruises, I've had some issues that I've had to take care of over the course of my time in professional wrestling. But it's because I've done what I love to do. And when you sit there and you talk to a lot of professional wrestlers, not just in Dynamo Pro, but wrestlers that have been in the ring for any amount of time, they're going to tell you that you are going to go out there and you've got to leave it all inside the ring. And I'm going to tell you right now, you talk about, uh, this gentleman you're talking about on the positive side, you talk about people like uh, another one that pops into my head is Gabriel Iglesias. He talks about how he, he thoroughly enjoys professional wrestling as well. But when you look at professional wrestling as a whole, I've always been one of those where if you're going to, if you think that you have the room to talk about things about professional wrestling, to me, I've always been of the idea that if you haven't been in the ring, if you haven't experienced what it's like to compete inside the ring against the best wrestlers in the world, then you really don't have room to talk. And i got to tell you, it's as simple as this. There are so many, so many people who have gone out there and have left it all out in the ring, and it's one of those 
that they've gone out there and they've given everything. And they may not necessarily always be remembered, but that, that being in the ring and competing and, and putting it all out there, that's where you get to have the opportunity to make your statement and say that I, my opinion, my thoughts matter. And you need to be, if you're going to talk about professional wrestling, if you want to be super critical about things, if you haven't been in the ring, I got to be honest with you, you don't have a lot of room to talk about, but you know something else too? You got to look at the fans because the fans are the ones that come and watch professional wrestling too. And I got to tell you right now, the fans of professional wrestling, especially like here at the Wrestle Talk podcast and countless others, both in, 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 in the podcast world, in the radio world and television world, they'll tell you, this isn't ballet, this is a contact sport. And I got to tell you, without the fans, without the wrestlers, without this family, without this world of professional wrestling, I mean, again, we're all one great big family. And in 2020, once everything takes place with, with, with getting COVID-19 out of the picture, I'm going to tell you guys, 2020 is going to be a year where you're going to see the best in professional wrestling. And I'm going to tell you guys, being a part of it is definitely still exciting, still enjoyable, still a great thing to do after all these years. Thank you for having me tonight, gentlemen. 
and by the way, don't think we forgot, bro. Happy birthday, Luke Roberts, bro. We love you, brother. Drink a beer. podcast you know it's going to be a great time he's very 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 knowledgeable you know and we go right from Luke Roberts to Nico Silver so so why don't you go ahead and introduce Nico for us well you got it man and you heard Luke Roberts mention it you're talking about uh the top rope promotions heavyweight champion man uh this dude is not only a badass inside the square circle man he can legitimately take your ass out with some uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, I can see it in the name. I know that he's got some of those ties uh, back to Brazil. I grew up in South Florida, so some of my very best friends growing up were Brazilian, and I know how, how hardworking and dedicated uh, their whole culture is, man, when it comes to pretty much anything they do, but particularly when it comes to athletics and sports, dude. So as we continue our tour of the United States, we try to hit all 50 states. We had to hit the great state of Rhode Island, and we figured who better to bring on than the Lion of Rhode Island himself, the one and only first-time guest on the Wrestle Talk podcast for episode 298. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in. Nico. Welcome. What's How going on, guys? How you doing? Oh, I'm man, good. we I'm are doing absolutely. I hear you. I hear you. So, what has Nico been doing since this whole coronavirus has been going on? Um, well, I've just been home with my family. You know, I got a, I got three beautiful kids, so I, two of them are in school <laughs> right now. So, I'm chasing them around, trying to get them to do their schoolwork, uh, and wake up early, work out, and then chase my kids around, be a dad. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. So you began your training uh, at the Lockup Pro Wrestling Academy under a guy that a lot of people know as Spike Dudley. What was it like being trained by Spike Dudley? Yeah, man, Spike is awesome. He uh, he came in, he founded the school, and, uh, you know, he pops in probably once or twice a month, but he's an awesome awesome guy has mm-hmm. such a good mind for the business you know and uh i mean one of the craziest guys i ever met and then directly <laughs> under spike is uh, uh the guy by the name of ryan waters ryan drew and he he trained uh matt taven from ring of honor uh vinnie mm-hmm. marseglia uh tko ryan and uh he is one of the most underrated trainers in the nation by far yeah, yeah. 
that 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 sounds freaking awesome. You know, just 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 to say that that you you were trained by by those those those, those yeah. two guys. So now yeah. the uh, a lockup pro wrestling academy is associated with one of the hottest professional wrestling promotions in New England, which is Top Rope Wrestling. Can you tell us a little bit about Top Rope Wrestling? Oh yeah, man. Top Rope's been. I think it's the longest running New England. Uh, wrestling promotion. They were founded in 1981. They're still going strong, still drawing, you know, every month, twice a month, you know, very loyal fan base. And a lot of guys that you see, you know, on TV have all come through Top Rope at one point or another, you know, Tommaso, uh, the guys from the Viking Raiders, Igor, you know, uh, know, it's it's a hot promotion. Uh, Mike Bennett, Mike Kanellis, who just left, uh, like I said, Matt Taven already. I mean, it's, it's one of the best uh, promotions in New England, by far. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely going to have to uh, uh, check it out a little bit more. I, I've, I've seen some stuff on uh, YouTube, and, and i got to check it out just a little bit a bit more. You know, you, you've had the opportunity to wrestle a bunch of, of, of big-name people, you know, like Brandon Webb, uh, Brutal Bob Evans. Little Guido, Tommy Dreamer, Austin Theory. I mean, so Brutal Bob Evans is somebody that we've had on to the uh, a podcast. Everybody calls him, uh, what, Father Bob, is it? Is that Uncle not Bob. Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob, baby. Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob. I had the opportunity to do a, 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 a training uh, a seminar under Uncle Bob, and freaking awesome. He was the first guy... I'm a professional wrestler, a referee, and this was the first time that we had a spot where where he was body slamming everybody, and he turns to the referee, and he picks me up like he's going to body slam me. There's pictures. It's absolutely hilarious. What was it like Bob Evans? Uh, I mean, Uncle Bob, I mean, he, he's a guy who's been around forever and just loves loves wrestling, you know. Uh, great mind, and like I said, he wants to – help everybody, you know, um, that's mm-hmm. why he calls him uncle Bob, you know, we're all his nieces and nephews of some sort. Uh, great guy. And I wrestled him when I was very young in my career. I was probably, I don't know, in maybe eight months in or so, you know, real wow. nervous to do anything. Oh yeah. I was very nervous. Um, and he was awesome. You know, he, took care of me and, you know, pulled me aside after, you know, gave me ins and outs to this day. You know, I see him, you know, shake his hand, give him a hug. I don't know if I can do that post coronavirus world, but, <laughs> you know, I'll point. give him a pound or something, but, you know, he's a great guy, you know, and he, he, he really wants to help everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't want to take up all of the time because I know that Renee has, has a bunch of questions, you know, from your, uh, your experiences outside of, of pro wrestling to being the, the top world wrestling heavyweight champion. So, Renee, why don't you come in here with whatever questions that you have? Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, well, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about, man, uh, is a- another promotion that you've spent some time at. A lot of people are familiar uh, with Limitless. Uh, you've had a chance to do some work over there as well. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about working with Limitless and how your experience was over there? Oh man, that is uh, that place. I know it's not a gem anymore, but it, it really is because it's like way up in Maine. Like you know, 
in the middle of nowhere, but man, energy, that building and like the camaraderie in the locker room is just, it's amazing. It's probably one of the most special things I've ever been a part of. Like everybody wants everyone to go out there and kill it. And like the fans, yep. man, they're, the show I was on, the main event was a steel cage match and something happened. The steel cage starts falling apart. Okay. Like not like the, the, the walls, the walls are literally falling right into the crowd. There's no guardrail. The fans get up and honest to God, there has to be a video somewhere. They put their hands and they hold the steel cage in place for the rest of the 25, 30 minute match. Holy shit. It was, <laughs> dude, it was, I, I mean, I was, I remember just sitting there going like, Oh my God, this is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life. And they just like, they, they, they love it. And the, that I can't even, the fan base, you know, Randy Carver, he's the owner of Limitless. Um, I mean, he has something really, really special out there. It's crazy. Well, they, they absolutely do have something special. They, they absolutely have something special over there, bro. No no question. Did you um, want to share something else? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, the, the my first time up there, I was in a scramble with, you know, Austin Theory was in it and uh, Eli Everfly. Um Harlow, who else was in there? Jay Freddy, Kevin Blackwood, who made me bleed that match. I'll never forget that because he need need me square my nose. I thought I had a I thought I had a broken nose, but uh, what a great match! And like you know, usually those six guys scrambles are you know crazy, and it was just so smooth and everything was just I can't even put in words. It was boom, boom, just perfect. You know, the crowd was going nuts, and I missed a shooting star press in that match and. It scared the living hell out of me. I never did it before. Ouch. Ouch. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, it, it sounds like you've had an opportunity to work with a lot of great people, but I'm looking through your Twitter, bro, and one name stands out. It looks like you've been spending some time with Carol Baskin. Do you care to comment on the <laughs> Oh, man. I, I woke up one morning, and it's like, you know, Twitter notification. It's like, I don't know, man. It had to be like 5 o'clock in the morning or something. I, like, roll over, and I'm all, what the hell is this? Dude, the Internet is a crazy place, let me tell you. People making crazy stuff. Oh, and the best part was I think I just finished the episode where they, like, alluded that she may have killed her husband. So I was I was laughing at 5-something in the morning. It was hilarious. <laughs> Make sure you guys follow It's Nico Silva. That's N-I-C-O for Nico and S-I-L-V-A for Silva. It's Nico Silva. He's got some great stuff. Obviously, your social media interactions are great, man. The fans love you for that. And you're absolutely killing it on Twitter as far as I can tell. Uh, And thank you for sharing, by the way. Thank you for sharing the poster. I thought it looked great. Hopefully, you liked it as well. Um, Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. The, the next thing I wanted to ask you about um, is being a champion. And I know that's a big responsibility, but on your road to being a champion, you also fought a gentleman by the name, and Joe brought him up, Tommy Dreamer. What point in your career did you get a chance to face or work with Tommy Dreamer, okay? And mm-hmm. were you a fan of ECW growing up like most of us were? Oh, yeah, dude. So I, I was over- – Everyone, I think, loved ECW. It was like that, like, uh, I don't know, it was like a darker, like, when I, I was young then when ECW was, like, real hot, so I was like, you know, WWF and, you know, WCW, but, like, 
you know, same, say my parents went out way. for a date night. I was the same way. I would like, yeah. and the the babysitter was over. I switch over to ECW. You know, she'd be like, "Can you watch this?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." My parents let me watch wrestling all the time. You know, like it, it was so funny. I think back <laughs> on it. And then you go fast. Then you go fast forward. You know, I'm like a year, uh, two years into my career, maybe, and uh, I get a chance to do the big summer showdown. It's like a baseball stadium, and I get to wrestle them in a tag match. And we wrestled. We really didn't talk. He was awesome. But we didn't really talk too much because it was like a six-man. And, um, you know, after the match, he pulls me aside. He's like, hey, like, you know, like, how long you been working? Well, you know, you got, you know, he kind of gave me some pointers. He's like, you know, keep after it. Like, you got something. Which meant, I think, means more to me now than then because then, you know, I was so new. I didn't know how to take it. I was like, oh, well, this is crazy. And, you know, fast forward, I saw him on a couple more shows and, you know, I didn't know if he remembered me, but I was like, hey, man, like, we wrestled a while back, you know, you gave me some pointers and told me, you know, how to find myself, and he remembered me, he's like, oh, of course I do, you know, it was the stadium show, like, he remembered right away, you know, shook my hand and was like, I'm glad that that worked out for you, which I was surprised, because, you know, you hear about some of these WWE, former WWE guys, they go back onto the independents, and they they could be, like, very, like, cold shoulder and don't really want to talk to anybody, but he was very nice. Opened right up and talked to everybody in the locker room. Well, you definitely took some notes, man. I know we were a little bit late to get started during your interview. I was like, man, hopefully we didn't piss Nico off. But um, but clearly <laughs> you, you've learned from your best, man. You know how it is. The show business is live radio. And, and I appreciate oh, your yeah. patience. I want to make sure I said that publicly. Uh, Josie, I don't want to be selfish, bro, because i got a couple more questions. Um, but I want you to jump back in here, man, because I know you were excited uh, for the opportunity, just like I was, to uh, to talk to Nico. Joey, you hear me, buddy? I'm back. I'm back. What's up? Okay, sorry about that, man. Looks like we had a little bit of a connection with you, a uh, little connection yeah. issue with you. Uh, I wanted you to jump back in, man. I didn't want to be selfish and take up all the questions. So, uh, what's up, man? What did What else did you have for Nico? Oh, man, you know, so... You weren't just a a um, a professional wrestler, but you you you've done things like you know you were a long time amateur wrestler. You 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 played strong safety at the University of of, of Rhode Island. You know you you're also uh, an accomplished grappler, holding a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. With all those accomplishments, why did you choose professional wrestling above all of them? That's a great question. Um, that's a very good question. You know, I, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm so I don't know. That's a great question. I'll tell you. So I loved football my whole life, right? Like you grow. I grew up. You know, I loved professional wrestling, and I played football. And then I got to high school, and then like I stopped watching wrestling, and like got more focused on sports, like football, because I was really good at football at the time, and chasing after girls. Obviously, you know, 14, 15 in high school. So, like, my focus from professional wrestling definitely just faded. And then probably my senior year in college, so um, a good good friend of mine, he was deployed in Afghanistan, and he had come back. And he had said, hey, since I was out there, I was watching a bunch of wrestling. So I went over his house, we were hanging out, and he put wrestling on. And that was when, like, CM Punk was, like, real hot at the time. And uh, he, he started watching. I'm like, damn, this guy, is, he's 
pretty good, like the independence he's talking about and all this stuff. And it kind of got me back into it. And I started going to a couple independent shows. And as I'm watching, I'm like, I feel like I could do this, you know. And uh, after, you know, I graduated, I had that itch to wrestle. And I went over to jiu-jitsu because that was like the closest thing I could find to wrestling. And then one day, man, I was uh, on Facebook, and I saw a Facebook ad for the Lockup Wrestling Academy, and I went in. There were 30 guys. It was a free open house. 30 guys went there, and I'm the only one from that 30 who stuck with it. One out of 30. That's freaking – that's I told you about the, the Brazilians and the jiu-jitsu, and I told you they got to work ethic that you wouldn't believe, Joe. I told you that. <laughs> Absolutely, that 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 is 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 absolutely in, incredible. All right, so uh, Renee, if you have any more uh, questions, go ahead and shoot them. So, uh, you got it. Well, Nico, I want to hit you with this last question, man. Uh, and I appreciate your time, bro. You, you've been a, an absolutely fantastic guest. So, as the top rope champion, uh, I know everybody wants to be at the top, right? Everybody says, "Hey, I'm getting into this to be the best," but only a select few get a chance to hold the top spot in any given promotion regardless of size. And even in the smaller ones, I think everybody thinks they should be booked a little bit higher than what they actually are. You being a guy that is a perpetual top guy, that is treated as one of the upper echelon on pretty much any roster that you're ever on, talk to us about that level of responsibility. Because it's one thing to be, uh, um, you know, to earn that, uh, that opportunity and then to own it and have it, but it's another thing to be able to sustain it. And you, obviously, with your physique, uh, with your connection to the fans, with your dedication to your social media, obviously you're a family man too, so you've probably got a regular job just like most of us do. What do you think separates guys like you that are regularly at the top, or I should say on the, at, at, you know, the headline of a card, to a guy who's maybe somewhere in the middle? Is there words of encouragement? Is there something specific that you think creates that separation? I'm not asking you to brag or anything, but but I think that people need to understand that it's one thing to say that you want to be a top guy, and then there's another thing to act like you want to be a top guy. And clearly, my friend, you act like you want and believe that you should be a top guy. Can you speak on that for us? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I think, uh, you know, you gotta you got to keep grinding, right? Like, you just – Grind, like you said, everybody wants to get there, but sometimes a lot of guys don't want to put in the work to get there. Uh, whether it's you know, you know, getting up and working, out, just working out to look good, to be in wrestling shape, to getting to wrestling training. You know, you see often on the independent level, these guys they you know guys learn how to have wrestling matches and how to go out there, and then they just stop going to wrestling training. Well, like I've been wrestling for four almost five years now, and I still go to training every week. You know, and it's it's making that dedication and that sacrifice just to make yourself become the best. And I don't even think I'm the best, you know, I'm, I don't brag, you know, I'm very humble and I don't think I'm the best, but I try to keep grinding so I can be the best, you know, and it's, it's something that I'm a big believer in uh, action, speak louder than words. And, you know, I want and now that I'm, you know, the champion and, you know, uh, a leader, if you will, you know, I, I want to show people like, Hey, just cause I'm at the top, I'm not getting comfy. You know, I'm not getting fat, just hanging around. You know, I, I get up every morning. I work out even in this coronavirus world. I went out and I, I wake up in the morning, I work out in my garage, you know, and uh, we still have virtual 
uh, wrestling trainings where we all log into a Zoom and we watch an old match and critique and see how things are done. You know, I think uh, it's it's one thing of wanting to be the top guy, but the the, the grind and the sacrifices that you got to do to become the top guy is the things that a lot of people don't want to do. You know, it's it's tough, especially being a family man. You know, I'm not proud to say some, you know, like I've had to sacrifice some family things to get to where I am, but luckily I have a rock of a wife who's supported me since day one. And, you know, I got my two biggest fans, my son and my daughter, who uh, who understand daddy's a wrestler and daddy's got to go out. And they like hold my championship belt when I come home from shows. <laughs> Man, God is good, baby. That's all I got to say, man. You, you obviously got the whole package, Nico, man, and, and we want you to continue to grind. I'm glad that even though I know you boys aren't able to get back and do in Squirt Circle and do what you love to do, that we can create a platform to give you guys an opportunity. Just be yourselves, man. Let people know what you're doing. Thank you. You know, we're, we're so we're, we're so spoiled. We have the opportunity to, to follow your career, even though we've never actually seen you live. And I would encourage, again, everybody to do that. That's at Nico Silva. On Twitter, I'm sure you can find him on Facebook. It's not that difficult. Well, Nico, I guess as a final thought, and then I'm going to throw it to Joe to give me his final thoughts, man. I just want to continue to encourage you to work hard, to do everything you can to stay healthy. As far as I'm concerned, man, as long as you do that, uh, you're going to continue to do very, very well. And when things open back up, bro, I'm sure that we're going to be hearing your name in Maryland Championship Wrestling and Ring of Honor, maybe even overseas. Who knows? If your wife lets you, if you get that permission, <laughs> you get that permission <laughs> You know what I'm saying? But, but I know you clearly sound and look like a guy who is serious about your business, and I respect the hell out of that. So, Joe, why don't you jump in with your final thoughts before we let Nico go? Absolutely, uh, BB. Before I do that, I do have some breaking news. So, Anton, tell me, go ahead and hit that real quick. Usually I do this during the hotspot segment, but because we have Nico, you know, I, we got to get his thoughts. So, raining. So, the former reigning and defending World Wrestling Entertainment Champion Brock Lesnar announced today that he has signed an extension to his WWE contract that would require him to wrestle at least, and at most, zero matches in the next three years. That's right. He signed a contract for zero matches in the next three years. Wrestler's announcement comes after the reports that the WWE is going to put the title back on Brock Lesnar before he starts his new three-year contract of wrestling at least zero matches in the WWE. Now, that came from Kayfabe News, and the funniest part about it is that somebody put that on Facebook, and people literally started, literally believed that he had signed this contract for zero matches for the next three years. <laughs> Nico, your thoughts? <laughs> oh man, that's funny, man. The internet, dude. The internet is a crazy place. Oh, hey, Nico's geez, like, I need man. a contract like that. Nico, you want a contract? Yeah, that like sounds that? that sounds cake. That sounds cake right there, huh? You know, uh, I don't feel like working today, Vince. So you know, my contract says zero matches for three years. <laughs> that's too funny. That's good shit, man. Well, hey, we're glad you had a good time, Nico. Joe, great timing on that kayfabe news story. Uh, we're going to keep it going. And, and, and uh, obviously, you know, the momentum is, is good so far this evening. But I would be remiss if I didn't thank Luke Roberts and Nico Silva so far for making this show absolutely awesome. 
Uh, Nico, any final thoughts for the listeners, man, how they can follow you on social or maybe what sh- they should be on the lookout next? Maybe a great match that you might recommend on YouTube. Go ahead and, uh, and give us your parting shot. Yeah, man, you know, guys, just follow me. Uh, Twitter, it's Nico Silva. Instagram, which I'm way better on Instagram than Twitter, uh, Nico Silva Wrestle. I just feel like posting pictures and videos is easier than just saying random words. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite matches, uh, There's a, you guys had him on before, Channing Thomas, a couple weeks ago. I had a two out of three falls match with him that I, that I really enjoyed. Um, I love Channing, too. He's a, he's a great guy, you know. Uh, he's one of those guys that just, like, we have we have chemistry. We step in the ring and boom, boom, boom. Like, we could just – we feel it. It just feels good. So, definitely check out that match. Two out of three falls, Nico Silva versus Channing Thomas. Go follow me. And, uh, man, support everybody on the indies, not just myself, you know. A lot of independent wrestlers out there would love your support. Wrestling's bigger than just WWE. That is Same for sure. That. Great work. Reffin. Rhode Island, repping New England. Man, absolutely phenomenal job, Nico. I cannot wait to make my way over to the Eastern Panhandle and make that drive up and see you perform sometime in 2021, man. You stay blessed. You take care of yourself, bro, and promise us you won't be a stranger. I will not, guys. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You have a good one. Wow. Wow. Nico. What do you think, Josie? Was that freaking fire, or was that fire? That was definitely fire. That was definitely fire. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to go go ahead and take a break. We will be back in two minutes and 15 seconds with the Rest of Talk podcast with Joe and Renee. I sold my soul to the devil for designer, they say Go to hell, but I told them I don't wanna If you know me well, then you know that I ain't going Cause I don't wanna, I don't wanna, I don't wanna die young The city of angels where I have my fun Don't wanna die young When I'm gone, remember all I've
Y'all, what up? Night Owl, Nightmare Jones. What up, Wrestle Talk fam? Do it for y'all. Check me out. Kick in the door, wave in the 4-4. Even them haters can't hate us no more. So unlock your door, cause we got some more. Every Wednesday we here, keeping it raw. Night out, nightmare jokes, and all the best jets. Like a double barrel pointed right at your chest. WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Smashing and killing it like the night at a prom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the show continues. We're about 20 minutes out from bringing on the daredevil himself. My man has been all over the place, North Dakota, South Dakota. He's been the MCW Midwest Heavyweight and Television Champion, man. Derek Fury, the daredevil, is going to be joining us in just a few. But before we get there, we've got a caller who was trying to get on last week, and he's representing the great state of Kansas. So we got to let him get on, and then we're going to jump over to FWWC. Now, I will be honest. We've only got a couple of minutes because FWWC's got to get at least their 15. That said, allow me to welcome back on the show one of our very favorite guests ever, a guy who seems like he's had something that he wants to say to the professional wrestling world for quite a while now, and his preferred platform is WrestleTalk Podcast. I'm not mad about it. Jonesy, before we kick off FWWC, join me in welcoming back one of our most loyal members of the WrestleTalk family, the one and only... Brandon Buck. Mr. Buck. What's up, Brandon? What's up? What is going on, boys? What up, Chico? It's What's been a minute on, since How we all doing? Good, it's been, been a minute. I tell you what, I was looking at the video of uh, of uh, Renee and Sonny, and I think that was literally the last time that I was on the podcast just because of of politics and whatnot, but I mean, man, you know, I mean, it's great to hear the guys' voices again and, and, and whoa, see the broadcast. Whoa, 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 easy now, wait a minute. Fucking bullshit! Okay, wait a minute. Okay, so you see, you, you did it already. Brandon Buck, I can assure you that that was not the reason that that was the last time you were on the show. Here's no, why. No. Because we got Derek Fury, Nico, Luke Rock. Bro, the show is a commodity, and I don't say that in a braggadocious fashion. What I'm saying is, is that the only reason you have been back on the show is because we had a whole line of guests lined up to come on before you. But, bro, we love you. We said some very nice things about you, and nothing has changed, bro, because you've always been very loyal to us here on the Russell Talk Podcast. So don't let that start to coagulate in your mind that you hadn't been back for that reason, bro. We got a lot of folks that want to be on the show, a lot of folks we've never talked to before. So I just wanted to clarify that because as far as Brandon Buck and the Russell Talk Podcast goes, Josie, I know you're going to echo what I want to say about this. Bro, we love you and we're proud of you. And we, anytime we get an opportunity to speak with you, it's always a blast. So I wanted to make sure oh, that I cleared the air about that. It's never you don't politics, have, bro. You don't even have to clear. You don't even have to clear the politics about that. I I saw the show. I knew it was stacked. So it's just an honor to even be on the show tonight. I can promise you that, Renee, from the bottom of my heart. No doubt, no doubt. Well, you said, hey, politics or whatever. I'm like, dude, that ain't not, that shit ain't never affected me. I don't give a damn about any of that. I'm a street cat, bro. I'm not a wrestling cat. So here's the bottom line on that, <laughs> dude. You're always welcome on the show as long as time permits. And I 
wanting to come on to spread some love and give some news and talk, you know, maybe a little encourage a little bit of the wrestling fans out there that haven't been able to see a show for a while. We got a couple of seconds before the FWWC segment, but I wanted to give you the platform, bro, because I know you always bring the heat. Well, I tell you what, man, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep it short because I know that you have some people that are getting ready to come on by and whatnot. And I, like I said, I appreciate the time, and I'm watching you on my iPad drinking your little beer. So, I mean, that's good. I got my bush light over here. So, I mean, we're, we're straight. But the fact of the matter is, is this. <laughs> Daddy, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. So, I'm, I'm going to set the page here because there's been a lot of, a lot of rumors that I've been a part of and whatnot that that have, what I mean by a part of is they've involved me. So twenty eighteen, December twenty eighteen was the last time, Renee, and I'm watching you right now on my iPad. So I'm watching that reaction that I have been in a wrestling ring. Okay. Huh. There's a little bit of a delay, but I'm watching okay, I see you nodding your head. Okay, there you go. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So with that being said <laughs> so with that being said is I have not given up on anything, on anything, bro. You know, here's the thing. We all, every one of us have dealt with this COVID-19 stuff. We've all, you know, had to make sacrifices or we had, we had to lose something. Myself, I had to lose my job as a GM down here in Pittsburgh. I, I, you know, I had to, you know, really just sit back and think, you know, what, what, what am I doing with all of this stuff? And then I'm, I'm scrolling through Twitter. I'm seeing some guys from the Kansas City area. I'm not going to say their names um, because I don't want to start any bull. But, you know, I've seen some guys, you know, cause some heat with me, make fun of me, yada, yada. That's fine. Let me stop you again. Okay, here's what I need to understand, Brandon. You know how we do here on the show. Oh, yeah. Why would you not call those people out if they have heat with you? If you got people disrespecting you on social media, why would you respect them enough to not say their name? I mean, here's my thing. Nobody knows your struggle. Nobody knows what you've been through. Nobody knows why you have the dreams that you have. They try to expose and embarrass you. Why are you not willing to do the same? I get integrity. I I get, you know, the art of war or what have you. But, I mean, these people clearly have no respect for you. And, and, And it frustrates me that you're not willing to kind of fight mano a mano or fire with fire, because if there's people discrediting your name, I think you should say their name, okay? Because this is an unbiased platform. We Everybody gets the same amount of time here, okay, even if we usually run late, okay? But why do you continue to, to show loyalty to people that have done nothing but try to shit on your name, Brandon Buck? I, I got to know. You know, you're honestly right, Renee. And you know what? Just because you even said that, because you answered all of the questions that people are probably asking, I'll go ahead and say their names. I will go ahead and say it because I've got nothing to lose. I'm a nobody in the wrestling business, okay? I know I've had my struggles, this and that, yada, yada, but the fact of the matter is I have my terminations on this and that that some people might get and some people won't, which, by the way, sidebar – Thank you for liking my tweet because you understand exactly what I was saying. You have the Mancini brothers who are who, who according to a little bird, you know, who's a lot more famous than the back of his hand, was telling me that the Mancini brothers were only a part of NWL for two weeks and then they were shown the boot. 
what does that tell you about them? Then you have Mark Sterling, who's been giving me more bullshit than I have fucking toilet paper during this COVID-19 stuff since me leaving Trevor Murdoch's school. Then you have Mike Seidel. I don't even know why he's even a part of it, but I guess apparently according to all this bullshit going on by, you have those three, four jabrones that are just, hey, you know, let's just uh, – We've made it into the wrestling business, you know. Let's not forget about Mark, you know, Mark Stripling talking some bullshit about NWL and then being caught by the guy from from Anarchy and whatnot. And then all of the tweets came on by against him. But let's not forget about any of that stuff. But let's go ahead and talk bullshit on Brandon Buck, who's literally done nothing but obviously just hit some roadblocks after roadblocks after roadblocks. But yet still, at 36 years old, one year older than DDP, when he first started in the wrestling business, he's still busting his ass, hitting the gym, studying tape. You know, let's go back to a previous talk about what's going to happen tonight. I've been doing nothing, but every single time I watch tape, it's Owen versus Brett, WrestleMania 10. It's CM Punk versus John Cena, Money in the Bank. It's et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Study of the game, player of the game. I still go on and on and on and on. This isn't the franchise talking. This is Brandon Buck from Olathe, Kansas, talking from the bottom of his heart and pissed off because of the fact that I've had more bullshit than I have fingers and toes for coming on by me in my life, and yet I'm still trying to hit that grind like every other adult male in this world that's passionate about this business from the bottom of his heart and trying to make it on by to try and make a name for himself because he sees kids, teenagers, adults alike struggling every single day, and their main passion is professional wrestling. So if I could be that character... When I walk down that aisle, I either get my ass whipped or I kick some ass in that wrestling ring and put a smile on their face for a 10-minute match, 20-minute match, one-hour match. doesn't fucking matter. Fuck about it. If I put a smile on their face, that's my paycheck right there. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, Brandon Buck. And people ask me, they're like, Renee, why with – and I'll be honest with you. This is me being transparent, and we're going to get to FWWC here in a second. Uh – the Daredevil's also ready to come on, man. He's chilling in the green room, so you guys hang tight. We're going to definitely have him on and give him his 30 minutes. But people ask me, they're like, Renee, you got a lot of credibility in this business. You've done ring announcing. You've run a couple of successful shows. Why do you continue to entertain the likes of Brandon Buck, Matt Stockdale, Bones, people of this, kind of of this cloth? Why do you not? alienate these people and just talk to, like, the cool guys. You know why? You know why? Because even back in middle school and high school, if there was somebody that seemed to be out of place or that was getting ostracized or banished for how they looked, how they sounded, and, Brandon, you being of Middle Eastern descent but growing up in the middle of Kansas, I'm sure you've been dealing with this your whole life, bro, and I'm an immigrant, illegally initially, now a proud American citizen, I know what that feels like. And you know what? All you can ever do for somebody like that is give them an opportunity to speak. So if Matt Stockdale or Bones or Brandon Buck or whoever the fuck wants to come on the show and speak from the heart, they're going to get that opportunity, Nightmare Jones, because you know what? That's what the Wrestle Talk podcast is all about. We'll talk to Debbie Biasi. We'll talk to Animal. We'll talk to the owner of the Los Angeles Lakers and also Wild Women of Wrestling, Jeannie Buss. But they will always bring it back to the blue-collar brawlers like Brandon Buck, 
and guys that are really just hanging on by a string that will not give up on the dream. That's what this show is always meant to be, and that is what it's going to continue to be. So no matter what level you're on, if you're freaking sweeping up after the show's helping set up the ring, or if you're in the in the crowd paying the money to get into the shows, we got love for you on the Rush Talk Podcast. And Brandon Buck, I'm very proud of you. I know Mark Sterling. I know uh, uh, the Mancini brothers. They're actually good friends of the show. But you know what? There is always a time and place to voice with a sincere passion in in your heart, and the Rest of Talk podcast is part of providing that platform, man. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for taking that chance and, and jumping off the cliff, bro. We really appreciate it, Brandon Buck. You're a hell of a guy, right, Joe? Absolutely, absolutely. So you are welcome to come on anytime that you want to, sir. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all from Brandon Buck tonight. We're going to get him, bring him back on in a few weeks and, and let him wrap up his spiel, but we have to move on to the FWWC segment, and you know why it's so important that we do that tonight, uh, Jonesy? Because we have a very, very special guest on the show. And this is going to be more out of character than in character. For those who know, uh, we help support the greatest fantasy wrestling promotion on the planet. And there's a guy who helped inspire me to want to help grow this promotion. And, and to be honest with you, by the time I kind of fell back in love with wrestling, it was a little bit past my prime. Uh, three kids, uh, immersed in a job, a couple side businesses as well. So going back and being an in-ring competitor was just not something that I felt like I could do, Joe. So when I found the FWWC, DeWan Mills had this amazing thing because I already loved fantasy football. But he kind of was doing the same thing, but only with wrestling. Not only did you get to do kind of the same stuff that you do in fantasy football, but you also got to develop a character. And I developed that character, and I had a hell of a time starting out, man. I did horrible. I lost my first six matches, and I felt like, you know what, this is never going to work. Let me just go ahead and kind of do a, an early, you know, career-on-the-line type match and see what happens. And since I decided to go in, you know, two feet into the deep part of the water, it's been absolutely fantastic. And it's been fantastic because this guy's vision, his foresight, and my effort, creativity, and hard work have, again, created the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion. Duan, you might be our only guest during the FWMC segment, and I'm okay with that because let me tell you what, we are getting an opportunity to introduce something special, and that is our first ever fully customized, 100% authentic, full-size, FWWC Championship, and it is known as the Warriors Heart Championship, and I'm holding it in my hands right now. If you guys want more of the backstory, make sure you guys go back and watch the Graveyard Shift, the show that we did this past Sunday with uh, Savior Saint, uh, Money Mayo, of course, Nightmare Jones, and yours truly. We talked all about this thing, but we didn't unfortunately get a chance to bring DeWan on because he had some personal priorities that he needed to tend to. But now this man is going to get his opportunity to come on and tell us how he feels about this moment because this championship represents so much. Five, eight, almost nine years of hard work from yours truly and my partner in crime, Dewan Mills. Dewan, you're live on the Rest of Talk podcast episode 298 FWWC segment, man. You're looking at it right now through the Facebook Live. Brother, I know it's going to be hard. But take the next couple of minutes and tell us how you feel. 
Oh, man. Can you hear me loud and clear, sir? Loud and clear, Dewan. Man, um, it's kind of funny, uh, Night Owl. And what's up, Night Owl? What's up, Jonesy? Uh, thank you guys for having me on tonight. Uh, when I first saw it, because here's the thing for the WrestleTalk family to know, Night Owl keeps me in the dark, too. <laughs> so I had no idea what the hell it looked like. I saw it when you guys saw it. Um, but I heard about it, and I knew about it, and there was little rumors about it. But to be honest with you guys, I never would have thought in a million years that an idea that I had around a roundtable with three other fellas would come to what we have right now. Like, you guys got to understand something. It's kind of funny that the ideas that we don't take the most serious are most important to others. Like, I had no idea that this concept of fantasy wrestling, this joke, if you will, some people may call it a joke, would not only help people, not only uplift people, and in other situations, even save lives and also create a revenue. I never would have thought it would come to this. And it's not that I didn't want it to. It's just that I needed help for my vision to become what it is right now. And the Warriors Heart Championship is all of that wrapped up. I mean, you guys got to understand something. The first championship that was involved with the FWC was a $10 belt from Walmart, a little $10 gold belt from Walmart. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't the Warriors Heart Championship. It wasn't any of that. It was just a bragging rights belt. I think that's a good way to describe it. It was a bragging rights belt. And there was about maybe six of us that were competing, not even every month. Like, we didn't have challenges. We didn't have none of this. We didn't have characters. We was just a bunch of fat guys sitting around watching the Summer of Punk, if you will. That's how, that's how old this is, ladies and gentlemen. You guys remember the Summer of Punk? <laughs> that's, how, that's how old we're talking, okay? <laughs> right in the middle of the Summer of Punk is when this whole thing came together. And that was even before kind of Renee's time. Uh, before he got involved in the group. But I will tell you guys something, man, and this goes to anybody who is uh, who has dreams, visions, business, on I don't care what it is. If you can find someone to match your energy, to match your vision, to match your passion, and then surpass that, there's no dream that you have in your brain that can't come true. And that man on a shoot is Renee Martinez, that guy. Renee the Night Owl, Mata, whatever the hell you want to call him, that guy right there is one of the few gentlemen who not only picked apart my vision and created something that only benefited him as his family, but the most important part, benefited others. You guys understand something. The Wrestle Todd podcast is heard all over the world. The FWD segment does not have to be on this show, but he blesses us and allows us to be on this show in a perfect marriage, if you will, to not only promote professional wrestling, independent wrestling, but fantasy wrestling also, because fantasy wrestling is a platform. But I believe in my heart of hearts, not only does Renee, Joe, and everybody that's involved with the FWC have that passion to take the uh, idea of fantasy wrestling to the next level, the Warriors Heart Championship embodies every single tier, every single late night, Every single, hey, you remember that time before payback promo? All of that hard work that we have been doing. <laughs> Shout out to you know, Deuce yeah. <laughs> That's Shout the out suit. Hell yeah. Shout out to Deuce Fontaine and the Queen of Extreme. Yeah. Uh, every, every setback, 
every financial because excuse my language, you know, mofos think this is free. No, sir, this is not free. No. <laughs> I want you guys to know that right now. Doing fantasy wrestling is not free. Wrestle Talk Podcast is not free. This takes money, this takes time, this takes effort, this takes commitment, and I am so proud, I am beyond proud that the Warriors Heart Championship can not only be put on display for fantasy wrestlers across the world, but it belongs to us. I mean, you got to understand, Renee, you've been here, you've been here, the toy belts, the WWE belts. We have completely, if not all the way, separated ourselves from the WWE because I will say again, since the pandemic, what has been the main attraction? Fantasy wrestling. What has been entertaining right. the world? Fantasy wrestling. What has kept people on their toes? WrestleTalk podcast. See what I'm saying? A lot of people talk crap about E-Feds. A lot of people talk crap about fantasy wrestling. But you got to understand something. We bring our entertainment value that no other entity has brought. And we now have our very own one of the three. Let's talk about it, Renee. One of the three. <laughs> one of the three classic legitimate championships that belong to the FWC. The first being the Hardcore Championship and the Spartans Championship and now the freaking Warriors Heart Championship. Actually, I take that back, the FWC World Championship. So technically, that's four. <laughs> My bad. I'm kind of shortchanging myself. We have so many belts right now, I can't keep up with them all. <laughs> so now we have four championships that is directly tied and licensed and insured by the FWC. That's the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter operated by myself and Renee Martinez. Yeah, no doubt about it, Dewan. And, and you know what? Uh, I, I think you, you said it perfectly. Uh, we have really built something special. And, and you know what? For folks who look down on this segment and say, you know what, you guys have so many incredible guests. Why do you continue to do this thing? Look, guys, there's people who, for financial, physical, uh, emotional, uh, or logistical reasons, can't pursue their dream of becoming professional wrestlers. They can't go out and hit the road and perform on weekends. There's so many different walks of life and reasons why people can't do what they do. For those that can't do that, they find a place like the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter, and they find a home. They, they find a sense of purpose. They get to compete. They get to be champions. They get to, to, to get that feeling that guys like Derek Fury and Nico Silva get when they win and hold the championship over their head. And you can say that's a little corny. Well, they really didn't do it. It's a fantasy thing. Well, let me tell you something. If you've never been in the group, you don't know how hard it is. And I'm not saying it's as hard as <laughs> actually being in the professional wrestling business, but I'll tell you what. What I will say, it's the next best thing. And we're very proud of what we've created here. There's people that are in wheelchairs that can never, ever wrestle. This helps fill that void for them. That's why we're so adamant about it, and that's why we're so proud of it. Well, Dewan, we do have to move on to the Daredevil, Derek Fury, man, but I want to let you come back in with any final thoughts, man. What do you think about the belt? What does it mean? How proud of you are the group? Uh, uh, the group are you? And do you have any thoughts for Savior Saint, who's going to be the first person to ever hold this officially in the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the FWWC? Man, um, I'm just grateful and blessed to have the partners that we have. Uh, Esports Bar Kansas City, who host our events. Uh, every independent wrestler, uh, whether it's KCXW, doesn't matter, all across Kansas City, even outside of Kansas City, that's promoted and came to our events. You know, we're a family. You know, I always like to call it a family ship. And what we bring, what we do is bring, bring.
bring together people that wouldn't normally be together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, closing thoughts. Uh, again, take care of the belt. Save your saint. <laughs> Hold it with pride. And know, and this is the most important thing, know that as a title holder, just like in, you know, professional wrestling, whether it's WWE, indie wrestling, as a title holder and a competitor, you represent that brand in and outside of your character, if you will. You know, you represent that brand. You represent the FWC. Not only do you say the same, but any other title holder, major title holder here in this uh, group. You know, so please represent it with pride, represent it with passion, and most importantly, have fun. And I am happy that your dreams, that's the most important part, I am happy and we're happy that your dreams can come true and anything we can do to keep helping other people's dreams come true, we're going to make sure it gets done. Well, thank you so much, Dewan, dude. Absolutely uh, perfectly said, in my opinion. Saying you got a huge responsibility to carry that belt into FWWC Backlash. For more information on the FWWC, please visit wrestle.com forward slash fantasy wrestling. That's, again, wrestletalkpodcast.com um, slash fantasy wrestling. Uh, dude, I'm so caught up right now. I'm kind of emotional, to be honest, because we've been waiting for over three years for this moment. And, Joe, I, I know that it's a big deal for you as it is for me. But, unfortunately, we don't have any time to pause and reflect on the past because we've got yes. to bring in the second, well, third, third featured guest of the evening. Jonesy, why don't you do me a favor and give this gentleman a proper introduction? Absolutely. You know, we are going to have the opportunity to talk to Dale Devil David Fury. Uh, you know, he comes from St. Paul, Minnesota. He spent the last 13 years as a professional wrestler. Uh, he was the last uh, NWA North Dakota and South Dakota champion. He defeated Mercer Sage King Say. Uh, didn't we have the Sage Mosher King on, like, last week? Yeah, dude, he was on with us a couple of weeks ago, no doubt. We're keeping it close yeah. in, baby. I know you like that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is our honor and privilege to bring on the one and only Derek Fury. <laughs> What's going on, Derek? How's it going, sir? Welcome to the podcast. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. How are you? Are you okay? I can hear you just fine, man. What's I'm, going on? I'm doing okay, Derek, man. I'm, I'm doing up, all right. Up, I'm doing man. all right. Uh, yeah, thank you guys for having me, man. Like, this is really a, um, an honor for me and a, a pleasure, actually, because I never got to do a real interview. I've been doing this for a while, but this is awesome. I'm nervous. But awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you've been doing this for 13 years. You know, that's a long time uh, to be a, a professional wrestler. Uh, when you started professional wrestling, did you think that you were going to get to where you are now in your professional wrestling career? Uh, see, that's not 
that's see, that's not really a fair question because when I started professional <laughs> or professional wrestling, if you want to say that, uh, I actually started in my uh, my basement with my cousin, and we got okay. uh, old socks and everything, and made them like uh, socks and like wrist tape and everything like that, and we we did our thing in the basement, and I was like, this is never gonna be a thing, but it was always a passion, you know what I mean? Like, it was always something that I wanted to do, but I didn't think I was gonna be able to. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of uh, people that 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 start out that 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 way. You know, I remember wrestling in backyards with my friends and you know hitting suplexes and DDTs and stuff. Yeah. So. Yes, sir. One of your 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 big accomplishments is that you were the last NWA North Dakota and South Dakota champion. How does it feel to, to say that, that you had that accomplishment as you were the last one? How much time you got? Because do you have time or do you want me to come <laughs> yeah, sure? yeah, that, hey, uh, hey, that was a crazy hey, thing. You're, you're, you're get your time, Derek. Go ahead. All right, man. Well, uh, it was a crazy time, man, because uh, Mercer was leaving and he was champ at the time. And then uh, we were working and wrestling and then he was like, yeah, I'm putting you over, bro. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if this is going to be a thing. So I won the title, and I actually cried. I actually cried in the ring. Like, I legit cried in the ring. Um, I don't know if that's in your guys' uh, notes or anything like that, but being a small dude and people saying that, you know, you can't be champion, you can't actually work, um, that was horrible. I cried. I actually cried. Yeah, absolutely. That that's man, that is is freaking awesome. You know, just to be able to say that that you were the first, that you were the the last North Dakota and South Dakota champion. I mean, uh, so you've also made a huge impact in Elite Wrestling Initiative. Can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Elite Wrestling Initiative? Uh, yeah, actually, 100%. Um, it's one of the best companies I've ever worked for. Um, uh, you guys had him on the show. Uh, Mercer Sage, King Sage is one of the best promoters I've mm-hmm. ever worked for. Um, he's a he's a he's a worker too. But um, yeah, he was like, yeah, I see something in you. Like he looks for things that are different in guys. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know how like because I'm trying to watch the shows, but I don't know how. See, I don't know. I don't see how as far as your knowledge is, but in, um, as a promoter, like you got to deal with so much stuff. Like there's so much stuff you got to deal with, and there's so many guys that are like, okay, I should be champion because they love me and this and that. But a promoter looks at somebody that can actually just sit there and try to lead. You know what I'm saying? Like they can mm-hmm. actually lead them. No, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. absolutely. Absolutely, one hundred. Percent, but I don't want to take up all of the time. So, uh, Nida, why don't you come in here with whatever, with whatever questions that you have? Because I know that, that you've got a bunch of questions. I, I do, and, and Joe, thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, Derek, i got to say, man, um, you know, I've got a little experience, uh, very recent experience up in the great state of Minneapolis, and I know that's where you hail from. So talk to us about that a little bit, like growing up, how did you initially get introduced to the sport? 
And I know you said you never really had high hopes, but you figured out a way to get into the business. Where did that love for pro wrestling initiate for you? Man, that that's a crazy. Um, just uh, like like you said, you you seen it, but uh, Minnesota's a really really hard territory. I still call them territories. I don't know why, but I do. Um, when you're small, back in the day, you were small and you wouldn't get booked. Like that was the thing. I I wasn't getting booked. Um, it's hard to get booked, but uh. My love came from uh, just watching Macho Man and Hulk Hogan, even though he's a bigger dude, but Macho Man, Hulk Hogan, uh, Richie Steamboat, Dynamite Kid is my, one of my favorite wrestlers ever. Um, it was just like something I had to do. Like, I, I loved it, and I still love it. I'm 36 now, so I'm tired, but, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, these little guys can do it, I can do it, and I can still work. Well, I'll tell you what, when, at what age exactly did you decide to try to get yourself involved? Because now more and more, uh, uh, Daredevil, we hear about guys into their 30s giving it a try for the first time. I think the intimidation factor is starting to wear off a little bit as guys learn how to eat better and take care of their bodies better now that we're in 2020. what Around what age did you decide to give it a try? God. Uh... I was probably, honestly, I was probably 20, where I figured that out, where I was like, okay, I got to do this, so I'm still kind of, eh, but I was like, yeah, well, I can still do it, you know, I can still jump off, like, basketball hoops and do things and just do stupid stuff, you know what I mean, like, it, uh, the passion for the business was always there, it was just getting into the business was the hard part. Well, I, I can imagine that's the case, dude. And and the other thing I wanted to ask you, man, is uh, so you you've had an opportunity to be in the business for a while now. Are there any matches or any opponents that stick out to you uh, where you feel like, oh man, that was definitely one of my career highlights? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, wrestling. There's a guy here, uh, Ryan Cook, a uh, technical legend, actually Ryan Cook. That is God now. Uh, he retired. He had a kid do this thing. Uh, he's gone, and then uh, Mercer Stage is one of them. And then, um, actually, in Minnesota, um, Danny Duggan, who wrestled a 30-minute Iron Man match. That was amazing. Which, was by the way, shout-out to Canada. Yeah. Big, big shout-out to uh, Canadian Wrestling Elite. Shout-out to Danny Duggan, the hot shot, uh, former guest of the show, longtime member of the WrestleTalk family, bro. Talk to us a little bit about your match uh, against Danny Duggan. He's a, a real big guy, uh, super strong. You obviously a, a little bit more in the, in the lightweight section, man. You went 30 minutes with Danny Duggan. You got to give us some details on that. No, I went uh, 30 minutes with Danny Duggan. Um, actually, he wrestled me. Like, I didn't wrestle him at all. Like, it was it was easy. Like, that was the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. Like, that was perfect, beautiful. Um, he was like, yeah, I'll work you and... We can go. I was like, okay, let's just go. Let's just wrestle. Man, you got to love guys that are professional like that. You got to love guys that yeah. know what they're doing inside and outside the ring, man. I'm sure it was a, a real pleasure for you. Well, the last question that I have for you before I throw it back to Joe is, dude, what do you do outside of wrestling? Do you love music? 
you love any other sport? Are, are you big into TV shows? Like, what is the Daredevil, Derek Fury thing outside of the square circle? Oh, that's funny. Um, I love hockey. Like, hockey is my sport. Um, yeah, hockey is my sport. I'm sad that it's gone. Um, I work at a Staples, so I do that for my shoe job. But, yeah, man. Um, yeah. I just try to watch as many hockey highlights as I can and just do my thing. Because at the end of the day... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you first. Like, at the end of the day, like, I miss wrestling so much. Like, it was such a outlet for me, and it was such a way for me to just see people and do things. And I love it. So, I miss it, but, uh, yeah. That's where we are. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us, dude. Uh, And you know what? I lied. I got one more question before I throw it to Joe. What are your aspirations at this point in your career? Are there any uh, cities... States, particular promotions that you would like to still be able to work for uh, throughout the remainder of your career? God, I would love to do, um, honestly, I would love to do MLW. Just because I've seen a lot of guys that came from a, a training camp here in Minnesota that would be awesome. Um, one guy named Airwolf, I would love to work him. That would be awesome. But uh, I'm just trying to work, man. I'm 36. I'm getting old, you know. But you still represented Minnesota so well, baby. Don't don't you talk down to yourself because you're 36, man. Don't you worry about that. Jonesy, why don't you come back in here, man, with uh, any final thoughts or questions? Because you know what? Tonight, we got a special edition of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge, Daredevil. And you're going to be going one-on-one oh, against our very own Nightmare Jones in a little bit of a trivia challenge. So we're going to let Jonesy get his final question in. And then we're going to have us mm-hmm. ourselves a little competition. Are you are you cool with that? I I believe that was a yes. Josie, what else you got for Derek Fury before we move on to the game show challenge? I do. So in 2013, you were the winner of... The Battle Bowl. Can you tell the the viewers that don't know exactly what that is? What exactly is the Battle Bowl? Battle Bowl, and how big of an accomplishment was that for you to be the winner of the Battle Bowl? Oh, the Battle Bowl was like uh, the Battle Bowl was a huge like thing. It was a horrible thing actually. Uh, you do, God, what was it? I think we did two matches that year, and uh, you win. And then you do a tag match, and then you go into the finals. Um, the finals are Russell versus Sage. And then it's a, uh, if you win, you get a shot at the title at the big show. Um, that was one of the worst matches I've ever had in my life. Like, not saying that it was bad just performance-wise, but just because body-wise. Like, I was tired. Wow. <laughs> Man. All right. I mean, it sounded interesting, so I thought that I would ask about it. Um, I guess after that, my last question is, you have won the Elite Star of the Year and the Match of the Year Award in 2014. Uh, how big of an accomplishment is that to win the, the Star of the Year Award and the Match of the Year? Oh, that's huge, man. 
like that's really huge because I was that guy, so I was there. You know, I busted my ass and <laughs> shit, so I'm happy with that. You know, I can't really, I can't really complain. Like I, I bust my ass every time I'm out there, man. Like uh, absolutely, that was really huge for me. Um, absolutely, that's, that's a big accomplishment. Congratulations. Just man, to me, yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, before we get on to the game show challenge, Joe, and, and forgive me for being rude, I did want to ask one uh, last thing. So, Derek, what were you up to before the quarantine? What were you doing? Uh, where were you working? Um, talk to us about what's been going on between, like, maybe the back half of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, because a lot of the questions that we've asked you today are about things that happened a few years ago. So where do you find yourself now in your career? Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, I like that. That's a good one. Uh, no, like before you guys found me, I was actually doing a lot of stuff at Staples because that's where I work. Um, do my shoe job. Uh, I was just actually watching a lot of wrestling, man, just trying to learn because you never, you never stop learning in this business. Like you always work and you always learn. And I was busting my ass just trying to watch things and trying to watch a lot of people. Um, I was watching a lot of Kazuchiko Okada, um, a lot of Tetsuo Naito, a lot of uh, Will Ospreay. Like, I was watching just people work, you know. And, uh, yeah, I, I missed the ring. But, uh, yeah, I was just doing no that, man. Just doing that and working. No doubt. And what about before the quarantine? Uh, what promotions were you working for regularly? See, here's the funny thing. I was hoping you guys would have that. Because I don't really work like that. I'm 36 now, and I feel like, okay, there's a lot of guys that can actually do this thing better than I can and can really bust her ass. So All right. I was like, eh. okay, but I've been watching a lot of stuff. Uh, in Minnesota, I've been watching a lot of um, – MAW Midwest uh, Championship Wrestling, which is another company that I took the name from. Um, I was just I was just watching a lot of indie wrestling, man. Just trying to see if I can do something, or just try to I don't know, just see if I can still work. You know, there's a lot of the talents that are coming out, or it, it's crazy. A lot of great talents. So, would you consider yourself to be? semi-retired at this point? God, me? Nah, I'm not retired yet. I got a lot more I got to do. That's cool. Well, well, listen up, promoter. You got the daredevil, Derek Fury, who still loves the business. He's willing to do the work, the things that it takes to impress you, so make sure you guys look him up. Well, that said, guys, we're going to go ahead and feed into your guys' competitive nature because up next, to close out tonight's show, we have the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. This is one of my favorite segments. Uh, shout out to uh, Herb Simmons for tuning in tonight from SICW. Uh, my man Daniel Antoine checking in from Canada. Susie up in West Virginia checking us out. Uh, Joe, I seen you popped in. I love you, man. Uh, Chris checking in. Bud Burgundy from KCK is in the house. Michael Pam from Minnesota, too. Thank you for being here. And uh, Hollis Jerome even decided to step in tonight. Uh, what an absolutely wonderful broadcast we've had thus far. But you know what? We're going to have some fun on the way out. So, nice here, Jones. 
Daredevil, Derek Fury, are you guys ready for a little bit of a trivia challenge on tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show? Are you guys ready? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. All right, intern Timmy, hit the music. Let's get into tonight's edition of the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Do whatever the hell you want. So let's get it on. Oh, man. 
On October 27, 1991, the late professional wrestler, uh, this late professional wrestler, defeated Richard Morton to become the first WCW light heavyweight champion. Oh, no. That's not fair. Fuck. He went uh, off. Uh, Derek Fury, did you have a guess? Oh, God, no. I don't right now. I don't. All right, here we go. More clues. Um, you know, we got more clues. So as soon as you know, shout it out. He went on to wrestle the first match on WCW Nitro and became a member of the Four Horsemen. Rick Rude? Rick Rude. Rick Rude is incorrect. Okay. Ooh, that's not fair. He, he made some questionable on-air comments towards Kevin Sullivan at a WCW pay-per-view and was known for extreme moments in ECW. Paul Heyman? That is incorrect. God damn it. When, he, when he arrived in the WWF, he was a member of the Hart Foundation and was involved in... Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, 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 God oh, was it Pillman? Brian Pillman is correct. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. You got it. I remember that. That is one point for Derek Fury, ladies and gentlemen, the daredevil, and zero for one Nightmare Jones. Let's move on to question number two. After an outstanding career in the NWA and one of the greatest matches in WrestleMania history, this 2009 WWE Hall of Famer, became the first WCW television champion in August 18th of 1993. Steve Austin. After winning, uh, say that again, Jonesy. Steve Austin. Uh, that is incorrect. Okay. Ooh, 2009. He returned to the WWF for a three-on-one match with Roddy Piper and Superfly Jimmy Snuka at WrestleMania Was it Rick Jericho? Jericho! No, Rick Flair is incorrect. Was it Jericho? Jericho. Yes! Jericho is also incorrect. You guys are very close. Was it Austin? Richie the Dragon Steamboat? I'm going to give you guys one last clue. I'm going to give you one last clue. His preferred method of transportation is a steamboat. Richie the Dragon Steamboat. Richie the Dragon Steamboat. I got to give that one to Nightmare Jones. Nightmare Jones. Come on. Come on. Tied it up. No, God! Come on! That's not fair. No, God, please, no! No! Uh, no! God damn it. No! Okay. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen. 
We are now on to question number three for episode 298 of the WrestleTalk podcast. Again, guys, if you're interested in the WrestleTalk podcast mug, shoot me and Joe a DM. We'll get you hooked up with your name at the bottom on top, uh, just below our logo for 20 bucks plus shipping. Again, that's WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Question number three, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be the one that settles it all. Yes. This professional wrestler debuted in 1985. He competed all around the world, including UWFI, CMLL, ECW, WCW, and TNA before arriving at FCW, also known as NXT, as a trainer in 2007. William Regal. Professional Say that again. William Regal. William Regal is incorrect. Matt. What's, oh, what's, his, name? Matt. what's his real name? Big Ben Vader? Matt Bourne. Matt Bourne. Oh, Matt no, Bourne is oh Big Tensai. Tensai. Tensai is incorrect. What many professional wrestling What? Keep on going. Okay, I'll go on. What many professional wrestling fans don't remember is that he is the man to first ever hold the WCW Hardcore Championship. Oh, that's name this Name this professional wrestler known worldwide for the big wiggle. What's it? Oh, Norman Smiley. Norman Smiley. I got to say, I already said it. I already said it. I already said Norman Smiley. Episode 298 of the WrestleTalk podcast is none other than the Daredevil. Daredevil. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Come on. Come on. Congratulations, Derek Fury. You are the winner of tonight's yeah. show. Yeah, sir. Give it. Give it. You got it, sir. Wonderful. Here is here is your victory music, my friend. Dude, 
you're like a magnet. Uh, you, you definitely have that same passion and fire for professional wrestling that we do. And I'll tell you what, man, it was an honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. It's a blast to be able to welcome you in as the newest member of the Wrestle Talk family. Uh, before I, we say our final goodbyes, man, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners of the show uh, or your fans here tonight on episode 298 of the Wrestle Talk podcast? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, 298, man, that's crazy. Um, thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, uh, God, I wish I would have been able to talk about it, but I, I have a lot of social anxiety and all that stuff, so it was kind of kind of hard for me to do this, but I really appreciate you guys bringing me on. Bro, you um, killed I it. it. You killed it, Derek. Um, God, I love that. Man. I really love that. Uh, thank you so much. Um, yeah, just uh, follow me on the uh, the Facebook. You know, if you see it, uh, at Derek Theory. Um, come say hi, or Demetrius Burrell, you know, that's me, as a person, come see me, come talk to me, I'll pull out some goofy stuff, it's fine, um, but man, I would love to come back and just play some games if I can, you know, this is, Dude, this is amazing. Absolutely, Derek, you're welcome back anytime, you're part of the family, now Jonesy, any final thoughts for our third feature guest of the evening, the Daredevil Derek Fury? Oh, man, just thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the podcast. It's been it's been a lot of fun, and uh, don't be a stranger. Make sure that you come back, sir. Oh, I will, 100%. I'm not a stranger, man. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Adios. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only representing the great state of Minnesota, also repping North Dakota and South Dakota. Man, we're going to continue through these 50 states, Josie, until we get to the very end, and we're just two episodes away from episode 300. It's going to be so huge. We can't wait to see you guys uh, at that show, but we still got one more to knock out before then, and we expect to see your stinking asses there as well. Josie, say goodbye to the folks, and let's get out of here for tonight, man. What an awesome episode. Absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a blast. It has been an absolute fun to have, fun night, and ladies and gentlemen, it is man episode two ninety eight two ninety eight until Josie and if next looking at, looking at the belt, Josie. If you haven't researched the FWWC, do yourself a favor and visit WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Right, Joe. Absolutely. Come visit visit com, and I promise you I promise you you will not regret it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to cut let us out with a little bit of our boy Finzanity. So, ladies and gentlemen, episode two ninety eight of the Wrestle Talk Podcast, we out. Yeah. <laughs> Warriors Heart Championships coming to you, Caleb. It's on the way, baby. Can you turn that up, Mr. Timmy? Jeez Louise, turn the music up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We almost hit 30 likes, baby. Three more to go. Let's go.
It is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.